Well, thanks for the introduction, Beachy, and good morning, Northies. It was wonderful to be back together for a brief time last week, and here we are online again, but uh, I pray that you'll enjoy the rest of this series, and it won't be too much longer before we are together again normally, whatever that might look like. I hope you've been enjoying the current series as we've been looking at Bible characters and seeing what new things we can learn about them. We started with Abraham looking at a new land and new opportunities that God had given him. And then to Joseph who was put in a new position from prisoner to prince. And then Moses and a new freedom, Joshua a new leader, Elijah a new focus and Isaiah with a new message. And a few weeks ago, we heard from Jess, who spoke to us about Mary and the new direction that she had in her life when she said yes to God. And last week, when we were together, we heard from Samuel talking about Joseph and a new challenge. So that brings us to today's character and today's title. Now, of course, we couldn't be approaching Christmas without looking at Jesus. And so our title today is Jesus, A New Hope. Now, those of you who are movie buffs out there will already be thinking of a movie title called A New Hope. And for those of you who don't know what that movie is, well, here's a bit of a preview of what that movie is. Well, don't adjust your screens. You are on the right channel. That episode of Star Wars was actually the original episode and it was released in 1977 and the original title of it was simply Star Wars. But it was re-released in 1981 and given the title Episode 4, A New Hope. We know now that there's nine films in the series of Star Wars, three lots of three. Plus, there's three extra standalone movies that kind of fill in the gaps between the main movies. And I believe there's another one in the making. So that's 12 at last count, with one more coming. But when that original Star Wars movie came out, Episode 4, the audience had no idea, no context of the wider story. It was unknown. And so the title raised a few questions. Why would you call the original movie Episode 4? What happens in episodes 1, 2 and 3? When will we find out? And why did they then release episodes 5 and 6? And why was it called A New Hope? What was the old hope and what did they need hope from? How will it end? Or perhaps a better question is, will it ever end? So with today's message called Jesus, A New Hope, I wonder what questions that raises. Hope for what? What happened before? What's going to happen next? What was the old hope and why didn't that work? How will the new hope be any better? How will it end? You see, when we enter a story at a specific point, we don't know the full story. We only focus on the events that we know. And we can look at the Christmas story that way. Our focus is narrowed down just to the events of the Christmas story, the coming of Jesus, without seeing the bigger picture when without the bigger picture, the event makes no real sense. Yes, a baby came with a lot of angelic fanfare, but really, so what? The angel said, peace on earth. And we can grab that phrase and make it what Christmas is all about. Put down your guns. Put down your differences. Let's live in peace and harmony with one another. Let's make sure that we're kind to the human race. 
That's important, but it's not really what Christmas is all about. It's a bit like watching the Star Wars movie and taking the phrase, may the force be with you, and thinking that's what Star Wars is all about, these amazing Jedi mind tricks. There's much more to that. So the title Jesus A New Hope is given to today. And if it's going to make sense, we have to understand the full story. And to do that, we need to go right back to the dawn of creation. We read in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The next verses in that chapter outline the creation, an amazing transformation of formless to form, of empty to full, and of darkness to light. And we read that all of that was created for our pleasure, and that we are created for God's pleasure. The Bible tells us that God is love, and that we are the objects of his love. Back to Genesis chapter 1. At the end of creation, God takes a step back and he says, this is very good. And we read from, chapter, from verse 31, then God looked over all he made and he saw that it was very good. At that point, I wonder what God's hope was. Have you ever thought about that? I'm sure his hope would have been to have a personal relationship with the people he had just created. And we read in Genesis chapter 3 that he would visit with them and walk with them in the cool of the evening. And even that phrase, the cool of the evening, conjures up this idea in our mind of of walking with someone who we really care for, um, a special loved one or a a close friend, um, walking along the beach in the evening, a balmy summer evening, where we just talk and we just share about life, what's happening, what our experiences have been, uh, about our hopes and our dreams, the things we're going to challenge. It's a lovely kind of an image, isn't it? However, through that disobedience of the people that God had created, Adam and Eve, sin entered the world and changed the relationship with God. In simple terms, sin is going our own way and not God's way, doing our own thing and being disobedient to God, our Creator. And although God's love for us never changes, no longer was God the focus of humans. We became the focus of ourselves. Humanity no longer recognised God's presence and his authority over us. Sin is a blanket over all people. The Bible tells us that we're born into sin and it creates a separation between us and God. And I want to point out that the world's evil doesn't come from some kind of defect in God's creation, but rather it's user error, not following the operating instructions. But all too often, God gets the blame for the things that go wrong. But since that time, God has been working purposefully throughout history to restore humans with him. But as we continue to read through Genesis, we find that things became even worse. Perhaps if creation and sin entering the world was episode one of this saga, episode two might be this next one. And we look to Genesis chapter 6. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on earth. He saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. 
So the Lord was sorry he ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favour with the Lord. Have you ever had a broken heart? I'm not talking about disappointment that it's raining when you're hoping the day was going to be sunny, or uh, that the meal you ordered at the restaurant wasn't quite up to your expectations. I'm talking really about a broken heart. It's usually when a relationship comes to an end, someone you love is no longer with you through separation or even through death, or when something that you've worked hard for and put everything into and dreamed for um, suddenly doesn't work, it fails. Um, So those are the serious kind of things that give us a broken heart. And that was the same for God. He had this hope, this longing that the creation he made, the people he put on the planet, would love him and relate to him and he would be with them. And to get to the point of realising that it wasn't going to happen, that they were wicked and turned away from him, and having to destroy them broke his heart, absolutely broke his heart. To create something perfect and lovely but watch it go downhill must have been a terrible thing for God. We know the story of Noah and the ark. And God had not given up hope that after wiping out the wickedness of the earth, saving that one family and the animals in the ark, that a fresh start would mean that creation would turn to him and have that relation with him one more time. Which could lead us to episode three, which simply covers the rest of the Old Testament. It includes the calling of Abraham and the promise that he would be a father of a great nation. They would have a land of their own. There was hope that we can be right with God. Episode 3 would include the growth of that nation, their captivity in Egypt, the miraculous rescue and escape to the promised land. God would be their God and they would be his people. So There is hope that we can be right with God. It would include the giving of the law, rules that would guide the people into right living with one another and with God, because there is hope we can be right with God. It would have a cast of thousands. There'd be judges and kings and prophets. Moses, Joshua, Gideon, Ruth, David, Solomon, Elijah, Esther and Nehemiah to name a few. All through episode three, hopes would rise and fall. When the nation's leaders and people were totally focused on God, things would go well. And when they weren't, the nation would fail. So episode three is a real roller coaster, but it ends with the realisation that we are hopeless. Something more is needed. The events that are recorded in the Old Testament show that we couldn't be made right with God on our own. We are in desperate need of God's intervention. However, God had planned this a long time ago, and it wasn't a vague idea for a future movie that might come about. It was an established plan that would be put into action at the right time. When we were together last week and heard Sam speaking to us, he was quoting from the prophets of the Old Testament who were forecasting the, uh, the coming of Jesus. There's many verses that do that. One from Isaiah chapter 7 says, The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, 
and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I love that phrase, God is with us, because that's what God's creation, his desire is for us, that he is with us. So then we get to episode four, Jesus, a new hope. And even though the Christmas story is Jesus' grand entry into the world in human form, the Bible tells us that he was with God before the world was created. He's always been part of the story, a part of God's plan to bring us back to him. I guess in a way it's like he's the movie producer, but also is the main actor in the story as well. John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And with this new hope comes a new way of being in a right relationship with God. The old hope was that we could do it by ourselves, by following the law. But this new hope is that Jesus has made the way. We read in Ephesians chapter 2, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Do you know, George Lucas invested $11 million in the original Star Wars movie, but the return was $775 million from the box office. That's an increase of 70 times. God's investment was his son. And the return was eternal life for all of us who accept this free gift. Jesus spent his life teaching about God and how we should live with one another, always bearing witness to the love that God has for us and the relationship that he desires with us. His crucifixion paid the price of our sin, that we could be right with God again, and his resurrection conquered death for all time. We read in Romans chapter 5, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. And further in that chapter, we read, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. The Bible is full of hope. And through it, God tells us that I want to be with you. I will protect you. I will be your strength. I will answer you. I will provide for you. I will give you peace. I will always love you. So how does it end? Well, in any decent movie, the good guys always triumph over the bad guys. And despite all sorts of battles and new and more powerful enemies appearing, this ultimately happens in the Star Wars trilogies. Same too, Jesus has conquered sin and death. And we read in the second last chapter of the last book of the Bible, Revelation. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. 
God himself with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Praise God. So through Jesus, we have something even more than hope. We have assurance. If we've accepted God's free gift of salvation, of being saved from our sin, we can be absolutely certain that we will live in a right relationship with God for eternity. This is the confident hope that we have. And keep in mind, if God loves you so much to take creation from formless to form, from empty to full, from darkness to light, he can do the same in our lives. I'd like to close with a prayer, but that prayer is actually a verse from the Bible, from Romans chapter 15. I'll read that now. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.